Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Seller Roundtable number 11. This is Andy Arnott and... Amy Weiss. And today we have an uh, awesome guest, uh, Deanna Balestra. And uh, she's going to talk to us today about social media, uh, how to use it for uh, your e-commerce or your brands, uh, pretty much your business in general. And I think uh, most likely do you, your expertise is, would you say Pinterest, Deanna? Is that kind of your bread and butter? And Instagram, yep. Oh, okay, and Instagram. Cool. All right. So, um, yeah, from there, I think Amy's going to, Amy's, I'm going to hand the reins to Amy. And she's, she, once again, she's the organized one. She had all the questions written out. And, you know, I just show up guns blazing. That's, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad we work together because that, that works out well. So, all right, Amy, off to you. Thanks, Andy. You are definitely more organized than me in many, many, many areas. So, <laughs> I don't know about that. if I just have the questions going, I'm okay with that. So I just want to introduce Deanna. Um, I found Deanna through um, Jess Hill's group. Uh, She came highly recommended. A bunch of retail arbitrage and print-on-demand sellers were using Deanna, uh, Deanna's company and services, to organically sell their print-on-demand products and uh, retail arbitrage products on Amazon. And so I was thinking, well, I could use some help with my, my brand, just getting some things moving on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and all of that. And Deanna came highly recommended. So, you know, I already had a blog and a website and stuff like that set up for my brand. But I reached out to Deanna and we sat down together and she kind of explained all of her services. And in six weeks, she got me, or one of her um, her um, employees there, got me from zero on Pinterest to like three hundred thousand monthly viewers, and now I'm up to eight hundred thousand monthly viewers. So it was just incredible growth, but it was good growth. It wasn't just you know anybody. They actually created awesome boards for me um, that were in the interest area of. Um, of my potential customers. And um, she also helped me with my Instagram, just growing my Instagram, creating interesting um, Instagram posts and stuff for me. And uh, it was just a really good experience. So we thought, why not? I know a lot of people are trying to grow out there on social media. We always encourage people to run external traffic and to get lots of diversification going on for their brand. So why not have somebody like Deanna on to teach us about this stuff? So welcome, Deanna. Hello. It's great, great to have you. Please introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay. Um, so I have been doing, let's see, well, I've been doing um, freelance social media work for, um, gosh, almost eight years, I guess. Um, I actually started out in blog writing, which I still do, um, but it kind of branched out from there because a lot of people that I worked with who were blogging also wanted Pinterest images made and um, things like that. So it just kind of evolved over time. And then I picked up um, print on demand as like a hobby um, and kind of a side income when I read about it. Um, I think it was uh, side hustle nation where I got the, like they interviewed somebody 
Um, and when I started doing that and I started meeting people, I found out that there was just so many people out there that didn't know what to do with um, so their social media in regards to getting business. And there are so many people that didn't know that you could do certain things like, um, like the product tagging, which I'm sure we'll get into later um, on Instagram. So um, I just started little by little taking on clients. And then um, when it got to be too much, um, I was kind of doing a waiting list and then some very smart individual <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, in the merch world uh, said, why don't you just hire more people instead of trying to do it all yourself? So um, I ended up building a team and we've got several people uh, working for us now. And so now we no longer have uh, waiting lists. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. So do you have any advice? I mean, I know you built up a pretty good team. You had a different um, freelancer on each of my accounts, somebody that was specialized in Pinterest, somebody else that was specialized in Instagram. Do you have any advice for uh, other business owners that are looking to grow teams? Uh, You know, kind of what you went through and how you did that? Yep. So, um, and it really evolved over time because, you know, the first thing I did, which is really the easiest thing, and it won't work for everyone, but I, you know, I started with my own circle. So um, a really good friend of mine, this girl, I've actually been, we've been friends since we were 14 and now we're 40. So (laughs) we've been friends forever. Um, I started just with her as my, you know, as my second person and then went to some other people I knew. So my first three people in a row that I hired were all people I knew because with this, I just, I wanted people I could trust. Um, we were handling people's with the merch, um, designs and stuff. People are real, like lock and key over their designs. And, you know, so I wanted people that I could trust. Um, we're also logging in and out of people's social media accounts as them, not these accounts don't have admin levels. So we're logging in as them. So, you know, you have to have people you can trust and people I could trust to do the work without me having to check every single day that everyone did everything they're supposed to do. Um, so I started from there and then I actually went from there. I went to recruiting online, mostly through Facebook um, and in some groups, freelancer groups that I was in and I got more people that way. Um, how you recruit your people will have a lot to do with how much you're willing to pay and um, what they're going to be doing for you. So I felt kind of strongly that my kind of my strong suit in this was the fact that Um, I knew what was trending in the marketplace. And so I wanted to make sure I didn't want to hire overseas people for this particular project because I wanted people that would know everything news wise and trend wise that's going on in um, in the U S. So I knew I didn't want to hire overseas. I wanted to hire us and just for my personal kind of branding for the business is I hired all women. So it's all, it's like a girl, it's a girl power uh, run. <laughs> Not all our clients are women, but all of our people who work for us are. Um, so we kind of just went from there, but I went from hand um, one-on-one training each and every person as I brought them on to eventually creating videos that walked them through the training. Um, I have like a document. Um, Jessica knows what this is called, but it, she would tell me right up. Uh, it's kind of like an operating procedure. Um, list of everything I need to teach them, every application I need to get them trained on and signed up for. Um, 
And that's actually where I started doing the videos that are now being posted in the um, social media group. I started out as making those to train my own uh, freelancers. Oh, wow. Well, those are some really great tips for hiring people, starting with your own circle. Andy, did you have something to add there? No, I was just going to say like, yeah, that, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's cool. On the flip side, I, you know, um, I do have some local people, but I also have some people in the Philippines. And I was going to tell you, Amy, like today was a great day because I came into work because yesterday I, I just promoted one of my VAs up to like operations manager. And, uh, and instead of me today having to go out because I'm looking for a few new positions, I said, hey, this is who I need to do this task. She found me somebody like, you know, within a few hours and now she's managing them. So, and now she's <laughs> offloading some of her tasks to that person. And then she's going to take over more stuff for me. So, uh, you know, it, it, everybody has this fear of hiring out. It's such a like, you know, that you're, you're thinking, well, I'm going to have to write that check of, you know, whatever it is every month. But what you have to realize is, is those people are growing your business while you're sleeping. Well, you know, like, like it's, or, or, or you can think of it yourself as like, you know, cloning yourself. Because so, all of a sudden now you're offloading all this stuff from you and now you get to concentrate on stuff that's going to grow your business. Like Deanna's here today with us because, uh, you know, if she was still doing all this stuff herself, she'd probably have to be face down in a computer right now, but she's with here. And, uh, you know, probably like after watching this, like a ton of people are going to be like, hey, well, I want you. And she's going to be like, ah, but I have my team, you know, like, so it's definitely a, a good thing to, to get all that stuff dialed in to, to grow and scale your business. Yes. Love that. So Deanna, what social media platforms do you primarily work on and why? Okay. So, um, there's two, we, I mean, we can do it. We can do all the social media programs prop platforms, but I like to focus on two primarily for the customers we get, which are all either print on demand or e-commerce, um, people. Um, and the one is Pinterest, and Pinterest is more of a search engine than it is a social media account, but it often gets lumped in with social media account. Um, but so Pinterest, we like because once you put your pins in there with the great description and everything, they're discoverable forever. Yes, they don't, they don't pop up as high on the algorithm uh, of new searches, you know, the older the pin gets but it's still there. It is still discoverable. And so every three months or so, your bestseller products you want to make brand new pins for um, to, you know, to keep building on that popularity. But everything that you build is, is there forever and is searchable forever. So um, we like that for uh, Pinterest. And then the second one is Instagram. And it's because Instagram is one of the most popular um, social media, um, platforms right now. Um, and it's becoming more and more of a place where people can shop from because it wasn't before it was all just pretty pictures and all you could really do with Instagram was brand yourself, um, and interact with your, your customers, but you had no way of really selling because all you had is this one bio link <laughs> that you could point everybody to. Um, and then it evolved and there were some third party services. You could get extra links in your bio. Um, and then they, um, launched product tagging. So, um, if you have 10,000 or more, um, followers, then you get a swipe up feature in stories where you can link to anything you want. But if you don't have, if you're ever, so that cuts out everyone who doesn't have 10,000 followers or less, which is the majority of people, um, they had no way of advertising without paying. Um, so when product tagging came along, 
that was really big for all print-on-demand and all e-commerce because now you could have a link right on your posts or your story posts that can go right to your product. Um, once they once they developed that, it was like a day and night change over where traffic from my personal stuff comes from. So a majority of my print-on-demand personal products are sold through Instagram right now. Um, and so would you say that um, Pinterest and Instagram are the best platforms for Amazon sellers? Um, I feel like they are. Some people will still put Facebook in there. Um, it depends if you have um, if you have a, if you sell a lot of products, either print on demand or e-commerce products that are in the same niche, and you can build a community, then Facebook is a great resource for you. If you're all over the place and you sell thirty products that have nothing to do with each other, or two thousand T-shirts that have nothing to do with each other, it's going to be a lot harder to um, advertise on Facebook. Right. And speaking of um, speaking of growing a following and building that, you know, starting with Instagram, how do you go about growing a following on Instagram for those of us who want to get to 10,000 followers? And you want to start um, right away. You want to start as soon as possible because it does take time. Um, It's the, the number of Facebook or um, YouTube videos out there that are like, get 30,000 followers in 30 days. Those annoy me so bad <laughs> because it's not true. It's not real life. Um, most of the people that will um, say that they can get you that kind of following that quickly, they're using illegal, you know, against terms of service um, bots and third-party applications um, to do it. So for us, we tell people you're going to get slower growth, but you're going to have real people who might really buy your products. So when you um, use what they call black hat methods to get your traffic or to get your followers, you're getting mostly other businesses um, and fake accounts that are um, like what we call shell accounts. They're just made to like your to like pages. They don't actually put out any content. There's no person behind them. They're all um, automated. Um, and people who just followed you to get a follow back. So none of those people are, are going to buy from you ever. Mm-hmm. So um, I would much rather have 3,000 followers and have a lot of them interested in buying my stuff than to have 30,000 followers and get zero sales every time I post and you know, make a post. Right. So, um, so in order to, to grow that organically like that, you just have to be very targeted in what you're doing. So, and we set up systems in place. So I have, um, every single time a new post is made to our Instagram accounts, we have a set of steps that we follow. So we go through and we spend, you know, 10 minutes liking, um, stuff from our people who already follow us. Because you need a back and forth communication between you and the people you follow or Instagram will hide your content from them. So you don't want to forget about them once they follow you. Keep interacting with them. Keep liking their stuff. Then we pick a couple of the hashtags we just used in our post and we go and we find new accounts to follow. Um, And we'll follow a certain number of accounts. And I'll tell you, um, if you have a brand new account, um, you can only do about 40 actions per hour before Instagram will, will 
shut you down and say like, you know, you've liked too many people and they'll, they'll pause you for a couple hours or up to 24 hours. So we, we try to stick to 40 of any one action. So we'll do 40 likes, 40 comments. Um, and we'll do that throughout the day. So we'll come, you know, a couple times, um, we'll do the post once a day, but then we'll go in and do that engagement several times a day. Um, and that's kind of the part where this is, this is not rocket science. It's not difficult to do the right things, but it takes a lot of time. And if all your money is being made in sourcing new products, um, then you want to spend your time there. So that's why people end up hiring people to do their VA work and their social media work and things like that. Right. And are, are there any tools that you do recommend for slower growth that aren't necessarily, you know, against terms that aren't going to get you banned? Yeah. Um, so Instagram is really picky about stuff like that. And if you really read the terms of service, every, any third party app is, is banned <laughs> or, is, or you're not supposed to use it. But um, the, the main thing that we do use a third party system for is only because it doesn't exist within the Instagram app. And that is a way to tell who is who of the people you're following or not following you back. There's no feature in Instagram that shows you who those people are. Uh, no easy way to do it. So um, we do sign up for one. The one that we're using right now is called Captivate. And then there's also one simply called Followers for Instagram. Um, both of those will do um, the job fine. Um, a lot of them will let you do so many per day for free. And then if you want to do more than that, you have to like buy the app or pay more money for it. Um, but the Captivate one um, I like because I think the paid version was only a one-time fee. It wasn't a monthly fee. And I think it was only like $9.99. And that was it. it. And you just have it forever. So I use that one to... Um, we follow a lot of people. They don't all follow back. Um, eventually we give them like a couple weeks to follow back if they haven't, you know, they don't like us. They don't want to follow us back. That's fine. We, we remove them. Um, just so that your, your number of followers, fo- the number of following <laughs> is, doesn't get out of control. Um, plus it. you're limited to how many people you can follow it in total. So you have to remove some of them eventually. Now, what about product sales? What do you recommend for those sellers that are tagging their products or that are wanting to make an Instagram post specifically to drive sales? What are your recommendations for driving sales on Instagram? Um, so the, no, you know, the number one thing that's going to increase your conversion is getting that product tagging to work. Um, and right now, there's only two ways to do it. One is to have a Shopify store. And then Shopify will connect with Instagram. It, I think it just takes you like a few clicks. You get it connected. It's really super easy. That's actually the easiest way. But not everybody has a Shopify store. So um, if you do not have a Shopify store, maybe you're just selling Amazon merch t-shirts and you don't have a website, um, you can actually start a Facebook store. And um, since Facebook owns Instagram, they are interconnected. So start your Facebook store, load your products in there. Um, you go into Instagram and you, there's a, several steps you have to take to, to connect the two. But once they're connected and you can product tag your post, it, it makes a huge difference because people like convenience and they get lost along the way. If they have to go back to your bio, open a link that goes to a link tree with 20 links and find they're not going to do that. 
So um, once you have the product tagging, all they have to do is literally click on the Instagram post. There's a little shopping bag that pops up and they can go right to your, um, your product. Yeah, so. I did that with, uh, I was on, uh, I have a WooCommerce store. And so all I did was install the plugin for Facebook and that integrates my WooCommerce products with Facebook. So my Facebook products are, my, my stuff is posted on my Facebook page. And then I was able to integrate that with Instagram. So now every time I do an Instagram post, I get the option. Do you want to tag a product? Why, yes, I do. And so it's great because right in the middle of the picture, the little you know tag pops up for the price and you can just click it and shop. So it's really convenient. Anything else for getting those organic views? What about using hashtags? Um, well, definitely hashtags. Um, um, let me get back to that in one second. The, um, for product tagging, I also noticed that I got a lot of um, t-shirt sales if I did a product tag in the story. So those stories that show up for just 24 hours and they're, they're little pictures and videos. And they, when you post a story on Instagram, it's up at the top of the feed with your photo in a little circle with like a colored ring around it. So, I mean, it's drawing all kinds of attention to the fact that you just made a story. So that's why I love the stories and they go away and people sit and watch those. I know I get addicted to them. I'm like, just watch one right after the other and just let them all play. Um, when you, when you do that, it, it takes up the whole screen. So you can make more of a nicer looking advertisement. It doesn't have to be a small square. It can take up the whole screen. Um, and it can be either a picture or a video and you can add the product tags to it. So, um, I think that those are really eye catching. Um, and there's tons of um, apps out there to make it easy for you to create those. And have they have templates like Canva and PicMonkey. A lot of free resources have Instagram story templates that already look beautiful. And you just replace their pictures with your pictures. And you can um, send it over to your phone and, and post it. Um, and then as far as hashtag goes... If you want to see the power of hashtags, if you have a post that does well on Instagram, in the bottom left-hand corner, there's a little, will be a little um, uh, bar that you can click on that says insights. So not over in your settings where you can see an overview of all your insights, but each individual post actually has an insight button on it. If you click on the insight button for the individual post, it'll show you what your reach was of people who aren't following you. If a lot of the people who found your post and liked it are not following you, those people came from hashtags. So um, anytime you get a post that's, you know, a little bit more popular than the rest of yours, if you click on that, you'll notice that the reason is because a lot of people found you through a hashtag. So I'll show a quick example. Yeah. I don't know if it, if it'll go into focus, oh, my finger. <laughs> <laughs> From hashtags, you had 164,000. Wow. There we go. Now it's in focus. There you from go. home. Yeah. So, so the, the majority of them. Kind majority of them. comes from hashtags. So that's why so many people don't use hashtags. And um, that, that's going to make a huge difference. So yeah. So impressions, 168,000 from hashtags, 164,000. From my home, uh, 240, or from user's home screen, 200, or 2,142, from profile 44, and from other 1,120. So you can see that's a huge, huge difference. 
And when you think about organic reach, uh, you know, think of how much you'd have to pay to get that many impressions uh, through PPC, like yeah. insane, right? When you can just create a really awesome story or post and get that and, organic reach. Yeah. And if there is a way, if there's like a current trend or a current popular thing, if it has nothing to do with your business, then you might be out of luck on that particular one. But if there's any way to connect it, um, you can really take advantage of that. We had a client who um, sells home decoration products. And right around the time that um, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo um, dropped on Netflix, people were insane about that show. And it was all over Instagram. So we did a couple of posts on organization and we put a bunch of hashtags in there about Marie Kondo. She got, I mean, two of the products went so, or two of the posts that we made that were actually shared posts. It was somebody else's post that we reposted with our own caption and link and credit to that person um, actually ended up getting more hits than the original picture um, just because of our hashtag strategy. Um, and she got hundreds of followers from just a couple of posts. Um, it has kind of died down now, but those first couple days, that first week or so that that came out, um, you know, if you can find a way to relate a hot trends, you know, into your, in a post and make it, make it a joke, make it whatever, um, you can cash in on those, um, hashtags. That is a great tip. Yeah. And what people don't realize too on those hashtags is when, uh, you know, uh, Instagram has the browse pages. And so when you click on a hashtag, if you, if you get a lot of movement on Instagram for those hashtags, they'll stick there for a long time. Like that post I just showed you, I get a new like, like every minute on it practically. It's just like crazy because I'm ranked for so many of those hashtags. Um, the other thing is, is picking the right, right hashtags. You know, you don't want to pick like love or, you know, something that's going to be super, super popular. You want to look at your following. And uh, for us, I don't know if you have any type of formula, Deanna, but for me, I think I, I, think I um, figured out that it was, um, what was it? It was like a fifth of uh, a good tag to, to go for is like a fifth of what your um, follower count is, or maybe it's the other way around. Uh, I got to go back to my notes. But anyway, you want to pick hashtags that aren't super popular, but are very relevant. And that way you'll stick on those pages. You'll get the long tail rather than targeting the stuff that's super, super popular. Nobody will ever see you. You want to go for the stuff that's, uh, you know, kind of semi-easy pickings. Right. So you like, yeah, there's, um, you can go to some websites and it'll tell you what the most popular hashtags are, but they're all super generic terms. So like you said, love. So if it's good, if it has millions of um, people using that hashtag and you make a post with that hashtag, your picture is going to get buried within seconds or less. <laughs> yep. um, so yeah, if you use this, you know, don't, don't go for the super, super high ones. Um, and we've even used um, it kind of the same strategy that you were just talking about is use some that are, you know, fairly low, especially if it's a very, very narrowed down topic with a, like a cult following. Um, and you use those hashtags because there's hardly going to be any movement on that hashtag. And like you said, you can get likes from it for, for weeks. Um, yeah. So I'm going to do, I'm going to do quick, quick self plug, but it's a free tool. So yeah. <laughs> you know how many tools I have, Amy, uh, upsocial.com is our hashtag. Uh, it's our hashtag site. And what it'll do is if you, if you do the free sign up, even though I think we have a bug right now, somebody was saying that they couldn't, they couldn't sign up. But when you do, um, it'll actually give you, you, you put in like your main search term and then it'll give you suggestions on hashtags. This is mostly geared towards Instagram. Um, but you can even do a filter that'll say, you know, I only want 
hashtags that, you know, the, that have like a, you know, post count between like, you know, 10 and a thousand or whatever. And that way you can get um, hashtags that aren't super popular and, and then get your, uh, get your stuff seen. Love it. Whoa, we might want to use that. <laughs> yeah, like I said, Deanna, you're going to love, you're going to love me because I have two tools. I think like the, the upsocial.com is one that you're going to love. Um, but then my, the, um, the Pinterest, um, extension that I just put out, I think you're going to like even more. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I, I love the Pinterest one. He, and I haven't even gotten to play with it yet. He's just shown me screenshots. And I'm like, Oh, game changer. <laughs> so speaking of Pinterest, we covered a really, a lot of stuff on Instagram and that was so helpful. Um, so what about Pinterest? How do you grow a following on Pinterest? I know it's not an easy answer, but if you had to sum it up. Um, so, you know, when they launched it, they really wanted it to be a social media thing. They wanted people to follow each other and like pins and leave comments and people didn't do it. They didn't, they would follow each other, but they wouldn't leave the comments and stuff. It just never took off for some reason. Um, so I noticed that, um, older accounts where following each other was pushed by Pinterest itself have lots of followers. So if you have a really old account or you look at really popular boards, those accounts have usually been around for as long as Pinterest has been around. When you start a brand new account, you get, and you get hardly any followers. You're like, oh man, this doesn't work. I I don't need to be messing with Pinterest. But the beauty of Pinterest is you don't have to have any followers to, to have your pins be found. It helps, but I mean, it, you can start getting some traffic right away. So um, even if it's kind of a slow growth platform, um, it's definitely still worth doing. Um, and people will follow. We do a lot of following and you get some people follow back, but Pinterest doesn't make it easy. They don't make it very easy for you to see who just followed you like they used to. It used to be a whole column on the newsfeed um, and they took that away. So and now they'll randomly send you an email saying, oh, someone just followed you when really like 50 people just followed you. <laughs> Um, so they don't make it easy. So, but definitely Pinterest has an algorithm just like anything else. If you're not active on the platform, it will bury your, your posts. So even if someone searches for the exact search term that you put in as your title, so many other pins are using similar keywords that yours might not show up on the first page. Um, so just kind of, as far as their algorithm goes, it's mostly um, age of the account, how, mu- how much activity your account has, um, how many shares and saves and repins and whatever your, your account has. The more of that stuff that you have going on, the more likely they are to put your pin higher in the search engine than a different pin of uh, the with similar keywords. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.